You are now tuned in to the Dimensions of Success podcast, where we define success and we don't let success define us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you are returning, Mimi Crew, Dimension Gang, whoop, whoop, in the I'm, I'm just playing y'all. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to call y'all. Y'all are near and dear to my heart. Y'all been showing up and showing out. So leave me a voice memo, a review, a comment on my Instagram at Dimensions of Success. Let me know what y'all want to be called so I can represent y'all every week. If you are new here, just know whatever's found in this sauce can only be found here. 7 p.m. EST every Sunday. Okay, you're going to want to know what's cooking. So subscribe, sis, so you can come back. Speaking of fire, we dropping fire today with CEO. Yes, I said CEO. Mariah Dixon, Nigerian queen, self-made boss. Mariah is the owner of Fourth Willow. She's also a senior non-commissioned officer in the best force. Yep, I said United States Air Force. Miss Ma'am is also a motivational speaker and a co-host of the Not Overthinking It podcast. Without further ado, let's jump straight into this interview. I'm excited about us uh, being on the show with a fellow podcaster as well as so many other things. So I am so excited. Um, When I created this show, I was thinking about my audience and their needs and, and what type of people or women that I wanted to reach. And I was thinking, well, driving in the car, I don't really have anything that I can listen to right now with women that are trying to do, trying to be successful and, mm-hmm. and giving out the gems and everything that it takes to get there as well as like the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I just thought like, oh, we need Mari D. <laughs> <laughs> we need Mari D. I'll send her email to get her on there. So I'm so honored. <laughs> I am so excited to jump into these gems. Yes. So let's just get started by giving the listeners, what do you feel makes Mari D successful? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say it's a couple of things. So, okay, let me, let me go back really quick. Um, As a child, I was very much the independent, like, you know, let me see what mom wants and what she needs and all that other stuff. Because um, I grew up in a single family or a single parent home for the majority of my childhood. So at a very early age, it was like, okay, I need to, you know, do this so we can have this so we can have this. I was very strategic in that aspect. It has translated into my adult life. um, And I feel like as long as I'm, you know, setting out my goals and being productive, that to me is the idea of success. So it just, I don't know, it's always been a part of who I am, I guess, just going out and getting stuff. And I will also tell you too, I am a Nigerian woman. Okay. So that is a part that is like in our DNAs, (laughs) just continuously doing the most. So agreed, (laughs) ma'am. Y'all are so strategic. Oh my God. Yes. It is in the blood. It is in the blood. So (laughs) yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up your your childhood and how Mm -hmm. you came up and how you were brought up and how much that's influenced you being successful. Mm -hmm. Because also on your YouTube, you (laughs) talked about working through some trauma and being transparent and just 
figuring yes. out who you were and yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that journey? Yes, ma'am. So I, um, I say that it started as far as my understanding, like I, there's some things that I need to unpack and that's, that's very, um, it's very like, it makes you vulnerable to be like, Hey, I might be functioning in a way that's not conducive to the life that I want. I might not be the, the, the better friend. I might not be a good person. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where it came from. But, um, so when I was 23 years old, I moved out of the dormitory of where I was working and I moved into an apartment. And this was literally the first time in my entire life that I had lived by myself. So you can just imagine how loudly the silence was. That was the first time I had ever had that much control over my environment and honestly have been by myself. So throughout that that period of my life a lot of stuff started to come up I started to question like you know who am I because I did have a lot of uh trauma in my childhood and I think if like our parents or my parents um had me when when they were 19 years old so they didn't have that that moment that I had at 23 to be by myself and to face me and look at me and be like okay how do I start unpacking some stuff they didn't have that opportunity so I'm going to be honest, some of the the childhood traumas that they experienced, they put that in their bag and that's what they brought to, um, you know, their parenting perspective. So I was unpacking a lot of stuff, just everybody's stuff, my stuff, a mixture of stuff, everything. But um, yeah, in that period, that's when it really started to dawn on me that the life that I want is attainable, but I have to unload a lot of the stuff that I've been carrying with me so I let go of my mother's stuff I let go of guilt about you know certain things in my life I let go of um pointing the finger at my parents like y'all didn't do this y'all could have done this better da, 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 da. I also um I experienced some sexual trauma as a child and I had to work on what it looked like to forgive and what that looked like for my adult, you know, sex life. And it, girl, when I tell you, it was a lot, it was a lot. So I remember I would find myself like, when I say boohoo crying, like Tyler Perry, snot nose, Viola Davis level crying <laughs> in my room <laughs> by myself. <laughs> Just in, in that period allowed me, it gave me the opportunity to hear God's voice because it was so silent. Everything around me was so silent that I finally heard his voice. And I was just like, all right, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I think that was like my my ground zero of just like, I'm not perfect and that's okay. Perfection is not the goal and that's okay. Trying is the bridge to get into success and that's okay. Um, yeah. And then a couple of years later, because that was just me on my own. A couple of years later, uh, I decided through, you know, some experiences being over in Afghanistan let me go ahead and go to therapy because, you know, therapy, that's a, that's, you don't speak about therapy in a black community. Like that's some taboo, you know, words. And, uh, but I went and I'm so happy that I did. I got a chance to really talk through and continue to build on letting a lot of that trauma go and, and understanding that the expectation is no longer for me to heal. I don't think like healed ED 
that's not a destination that I'm ever going to arrive to. So allowing myself to understand, like, I'm going to continue to heal for the rest of my life, but to, to not make it a goal to arrive at healed, because that is a lot of, you know, pressure and we're constantly growing and yeah, like just letting go of that perfection and yeah, all of those expectations for myself. So girl, it's been a journey. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. But I, I just want you to know before you try to sue me or anything like healed, but not arrived yet is going to be in my um, Ooh, dimensions of that. success uh, shirt shop as a t-shirt. And I'll give you like a little bit of credit, but I'm just letting you know that I'm writing that down because that's so important. Like, yes, I'm, ma'am. I'm healing, but I have not arrived yet. Yeah. And I'm packing stuff. I mean, one of the key things you hit on is like the timing, mm-hmm. that time in your room or that time in Af- Afghanistan, you were alone and you mm-hmm. were kind of isolated into yourself, but the timing doesn't happen when we want it to happen. Right. I think that as an adult, it wasn't until I had a child mm-hmm. <laughs> that I started unpacking, mm-hmm. <laughs> unpacking because I realized there were some things that I wasn't as patient or I wasn't understanding or mm-hmm. I, I was pointing the finger as you said about different things and I had to step back and say wait a minute this isn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) this isn't right let me go talk to somebody and I really feel uh that as you mentioned therapy is such a taboo in the black community because we so we try to pray it away right oh yeah oh (laughs) yeah pray it away pray about it talk about it get you a a a prayer circle friend girl (laughs) and just and I'm not saying that prayer isn't essential to uh, different lifestyles, different right. religious beliefs. Right. However, therapy plus prayer. Yes. And you know what? Works therapy too. plus. I like that. Therapy plus. We got because- another t-shirt. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> But you look, you're making me money. I knew I brought the right person on. Yeah, making me money. Wait, let me write that down. Therapy plus. Therapy plus. But no, you're you're a hundred percent correct because I felt like, you know, the the community that I got, like uh, being around my friends or when I used to go to church, that was helpful. But that was just a part of the the puzzle. It wasn't the full puzzle, and that was the that was where I think I went wrong was thinking that. Um, you know, getting married, my husband would be my complete puzzle. And it's like, no, ma'am, you're a multifaceted. So there's not going to be one specific, I'm doing air quote fix to what you're, you're looking for. So it was the prayer. Yes. Because that meant that I solidified my relationship with God, the therapy, because I had the opportunity to talk to someone who came from an unbiased perspective and was actively listening, actively listening to me. And I got my friendship, you know, my friendships, they supported me in the, in ways that I needed that support, but I couldn't ask my friends to be my therapist because they're thinking, yeah, girl, you know, I got your back, da, 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 and I, I really just want to be heard. I don't, th- in this moment, I don't want feedback. I just want to, right. you know, verbally vomit everything that I'm feeling and get it out and do it unashamed. And I think that's kind of where we cross the the lines and that's why therapy is so essential because you need that space to be like I this is how I feel right wrong or indifferent and I need to get it out you know what I mean and sometimes your friends aren't that the the right fit sometimes your parents aren't the right fit for that your spouse so on and so forth so it's right essential 
I totally agree. Sometimes the people that we have around us, that's our environment that we know and they want to just support us and be there for us. So they're our cheerleaders Mm -hmm. when sometimes we need somebody to say, Hey, this, this something's wrong. Yes. (laughs) Something is wrong. And it can't be our circle all of the time. I think our circle of who we surround ourselves with is important, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily to the healing process getting away from the things that we're so used to is more important during that time where we're trying to be uncomfortable because if we stay with the people that we're comfortable with we might not never make it to that that next level of healing you said it you said it uncomfort is where you find growth that's where growth lives in discomfort (laughs) yes (laughs) ma'am i wish we didn't have to go there though but (laughs) that's where it lives In those boohoo crocodile tears that you were talking about, that's where it lives. Yes. (laughs) And outside of those societal expectations as well, um, you spoke about like how marrying the goal was to get married to one person and that's Mm going to fix everything. Get Mm -hmm. Get the house with the white picket fence, go to church, you know, be known in the community. Those, Mm -hmm. those milestones that you're just expected to hit. Right. Sometimes uh, the ex the expectancy to be certain things, it puts a strain on our mental health as well. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Because you always feel like your your job is never done in a sense. And I, I, I did say earlier, you know, like I said, I'm a, a Nigerian woman. Um, I am a woman of excellence and I full fully support you know the the independent woman who's going out and getting what she needs to go get right the go-getter um but that expectation it does make you feel like you've never been you're you're never going to be able to get any sleep and that's what I said like I let go of those things because in the in my childhood trauma the one thing that I learned was that I need to please people and so I started raising myself to please people be what people want me to be, be what I think I'm supposed to be, what society is telling me I need to be. Like you said, hitting those milestones. And a lot of times, if we're if we were lucky enough, we saw the the get married, white picket fence, have kids, have the job, get the pension, die silently. You know, <laughs> die in a corner somewhere. We right. saw. We, <laughs> we Work saw forever. That. Don't forget that. Work forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then down the corner. And then down the corner, quietly. Yeah, quietly. <laughs> so we saw those things, therefore we mimicked those things. But in the in the process of mimicking those things and falling into that role of what is expected of you, you we forget to think about what do I want and how am I being fulfilled? And yeah, what kind of baggage can I let go of and how can I, you know, go for what I need to go for? And yeah once again all of the complete puzzle but yes man that expectancy you you feel like you're just going you're just going and then that expectancy crosses over into so many other areas in our lives um on the not overthinking it podcast yes. with with Mari D <laughs> <laughs> one of the most I will say shaking episodes for me, mm-hmm. not because of the content, because of the revelation that I was mm. friends with this woman and she didn't say a word. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to press on. <laughs> um, when you talked about relationships and polygamy and what it is that 
you want from relationships as mm -hmm. far as being fulfilled and your expectations and how that might make other people feel. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how it was for you opening up on that platform and talking about something that is happening in our community, but not mm -hmm. really talked about outside of religious beliefs? Yes. Um, so I think the foundation of me being comfortable with that was like we've already spoken about multiple times is just letting go of other people's expectations of me, which was to be prim and proper and quiet and monogamous. And for me, it didn't work for me because I am a, I have a big heart, but I do believe that we have the ability to love multiple people in different kind of ways. And so the additional foundation of that was like I told you, understanding that my husband whom I love is not he's not my 100%. I am my 100%, right? And then everybody else is a Mariah plus. Everybody else is an addition too. Um, and so that's how I feel I can get my life fulfilled and then some. My cup is overflowing and that's how it um, is, you know, showing in the physical. But um, yeah, that, that episode was, it, even before I did that episode, because I had thought about it for probably about four or five years, I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want people to be like, oh, she's weird. Oh, she's this, she's that. And then I realized like, if I'm gonna live in a closet, <laughs> then I'm gonna be the only one in the closet. And I can't, you know, I can't be mad because it's dark. I can't be mad because it's cramped and uncomfortable. I can't be mad at anybody else because I'm choosing to stay in that closet. So to me, that episode was a revelation of me embodying the freedom that I was taking because you, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you take. So I was taking my freedom and saying, hey, this is who I am. I'm not a weirdo. Um, I'm in no way, shape or form unique in that aspect, because there are many people who are out here living that kind of life, whether they label it or they don't. But also, I wanted to be the, the I guess, the role model that I wasn't finding for myself to say, hey, I'm a, you know, modern woman, at the time in my um, mid twenties. And this is some something that I've not only pursued, but thought about in depth and did the research and read the books and, you know, sought really good advice and really, really had the conversation with my husband. Like, you know, well, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And then I let go of all of that learned jealousy because they're so and that is a whole episode by itself but learn yes, jealousy yes so that that envy that innate innate envy that comes with monogamous relationships or so we're taught like uh-uh that's my man that's my man like this man does not belong to me I do not own him or them um, and I don't want to be owned as well. I'm here in this relationship because I want to be here. I stay because I want to stay. And so I'm making that an active decision, but I don't own anyone and no one belong like, and I don't want to be owned by anyone. And so all of that to say, um, it just, it's, it's come naturally to me, the being able to invest in other people, whether it's romantically or intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, um, allowing myself that opportunity to be open to that person and get to know that person and be honest with myself within my marriage, within my friend group, within my family. It is a whole nother level of just like, I see people differently now. It's like, I, I get to see a different color that everybody doesn't get to see. So, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just want you to know that I've come up with my third t-shirt. Okay. I just... <laughs> I am the 100%. Yes. I am the 100%. I think that a lot of times we think that we do need someone else to make us whole or complete. And getting rid of that idea is so much more than the self-love, self-help journey Mm -hmm. that's out there. All of those things are wonderful. I listen to plenty of them, have bought plenty of books. Right. Um, But I think saying things and doing things sometimes they don't correlate even though we think that they do mm-hmm. for, for instance just saying uh you know I don't think that I need someone to make me a hundred percent you know I'm I'm a boss I'm self-made by myself but the actions we take when we lose those people mm-hmm. or when those people are no longer around or going through that separation how we treat ourselves how we talk to ourselves mm-hmm. often says different than what we said about us being a hundred percent Amen. I agree 100%. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know how many people have sat and thought, as me currently, uh-huh. what's wrong with me <laughs> that they don't want to fight to stay in this situation, entanglement, whatever it is that Jada said. But, you know, <laughs> um, what's wrong with me? Like, right. I, something's got to be going on. And it's not that I don't think highly of myself is mm-hmm. in those moments I have to go back to thinking am I am I starting off as the hundred percent right when I actually entered into that or right. was I thinking that that person was going to make me the hundred percent and now that they're gone I'm reflecting on that again yes so, I when I tell you I resonate that girl that was the first first second third fourth year I've been married for almost seven years that was the beginning of now it wasn't the it was definitely the beginning of my marriage when I decided to kind of make that shift. But I realize now that I had led a lot of relationships with that same mindset of I'm looking for a supplement. A supplement means that you're lacking something. So I worked on not lacking anything. And so where do you find your replenishment from? You find that for me from the source. So I started, okay, in order to not lack, I need to be replenished. Who can 100% replenish me unbiased with love, uncompared to anything else, anyone else? To me, that was the spirit. To me, that was God. So that's when I started focusing on that. But I don't need a supplement. I I, I need me. I need my replenishment. I need to get to my source. Like I said, everything else is a plus. But yeah, finding yourself 100% and realizing, like, once you do realize that, like, okay, this, you know, I'm not broken. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm continuously in my healing process, but I'm very, very certain about who I am, what I want, and what I bring and my value. That hits different. That hits completely different. (laughs) It hits different. And I think uh, what we already touched on in those moments that you're by yourself, Mm. Um, self-help preaches it a lot different resources YouTube our YouTubers you know you and the like uh, (laughs) talk about uh, utilizing that single time utilizing that time when you were by yourself and able to actually think without adding other people to an equation because just connecting ourselves to things in order for the sake of saying we're connected right (laughs) might not be helping us do anything Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think um, we we need that time to be away. And a lot of us, I will say that for me, that was a luxury that a lot of folks are not afforded, that 
quiet time to really hear his voice, hear your voice, um, and see yourself. I I don't even have words for, I don't know what kind of life I would have led had, had that not been uh, given to me or had I not taken that time. But yeah, that's, I don't know. For me, I always think about that. And I tell like a lot of my friends who are um, getting in and out of relationships, I'm like, baby girl, if you can find yourself in a quiet place by yourself, working on you, that will change, it will literally change your life. It will literally change your life. I wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think I'm so thankful that people like you and uh, Therapy for Black Girls and all mm-hmm. these others that have come out of the closet, as you said, and mm-hmm. shared these experiences have been able to men- mentor uh, mm-hmm. to the younger generation and women alike mm-hmm. about not only what they're going through, but how they got through that, how they got through these experiences. Right. Mentorship is such a big word in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel that mentorship has played an essential part in your dimensions of success as well? Um. So this that's kind of a tricky one because the the way that I came up because I was going through so much turmoil on the inside, I kind of kept to myself. So I don't know if I had any mentors in the aspect of like folks pulling me, like, you know, let me pull you aside. Let me put you under my wing. That's what I've been trying to give. Okay. But I don't know. I, I can't really put place in my mind, in my memory, um, if that was given to me. So a lot of times it was really just seeking out the information for myself. And like you said, those those sources that are having those conversations, thank God for social media yes. where I can find <laughs> that information. Cause there's so much, there's power in sharing. Um, and that was another barrier to my, to my healing process was like, you know, what happens in my house stays in my house, stuff like that. So I led with that mindset. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody, I'm not going to ask anybody for help. I'm not going to, um, you know, invest time in reading anybody else's story, so on and so forth. But I think in my process, um, I got mentorship indirectly through other people that just happened to be sharing their story. But unfortunately, I don't think, not that I can remember if I was, you know, paired or aligned with someone who was like, hey, I'm going to show you the ropes. So now that's not a part of my past, but now I mentor heavily because I understand how important that person can be in your life so I um I'm a mentor with uh built by girls it's a a company and they basically they're teaching folks uh, or they're building the platform for mentors and mentees um from human resources background from technical background from stem background and they're putting them together um in a really amazing and beautiful modern kind of way so I mentor from that platform and then within the armed forces, you know, um, just with my airmen on a regular basis, I'm talking to them and making sure that they see that I see them and yeah, in my day to day. So even though you might not have started out with a lot of mentorship, you have kind of embodied it yourself and been able to mm-hmm. give that back. Mm-hmm. And also being a Nigerian woman, I mean, <laughs> 
you had a little foundations of mentorship to go because y'all are strategic as we all yes. said so yes, <laughs> you had some things to start from that mm-hmm. is wonderful mm-hmm. let's go to something lighter let's talk okay. about this enthusiasm about travel as you can see Ooh. all over your instagram yes at mariah dixon yes I love to travel I always tell my husband I think the most valuable piece of anything I have in my possession is my passport when I tell you I used to live in the airport thanks to COVID I have settled down (laughs) put my coins back in my pocket but I used to live at the airport because I enjoy traveling being in different places I told you I I guess like my life philosophy is being well-rounded because I like to go to Japan learn a little bit of Japanese get in a taxi cab and be by myself in Tokyo (laughs) I I love um I don't know walking around the malls in uh Qatar I love being on the beach in Hawaii I I just love getting out and doing things and yeah, and just seeing stuff. I don't know, just knowing about stuff. Maybe it's because I'm nosy. I like knowing stuff, but <laughs> I love that being yes. well rounded. And mm-hmm. when we say well rounded, not saying putting it down or anything. If go where you can afford, as long as you mm. go somewhere, listeners. I'm not saying anything is wrong with this, but she didn't say Miami. She didn't say Florida. Girl said Japan and yes. uh, some other. <laughs> It's it's just so essential to experience other cultures. Yes. Not saying that there's anything wrong with Miami or Vegas because we right. need those experiences too. Mm-hmm. But when you can experience another culture on a level by yourself, mm-hmm. it, it opens something up inside of you it to is, realize it, that it's so much more out there. Yeah. And I think for me, because so I'm, a, I'm an empath it made me open up to see other people's perspectives. And so I wasn't so lost in my own world of like, woe is me and, you know, why is my life this way? And so focused on my perspective, I was able to take my rose-colored glasses off and see, oh, okay, it's, you know, it's different. It's other stuff that's happening out here. So it made me in a way more empathetic to other people because I realized like other people are going through stuff too. And that's why I said earlier um, I'm not unique in a lot of ways because I think an, a barrier to us being open to each other is thinking that, well, I'm going through this and this is only happening to me and why me? And really understanding like you're not no different than the rest of us. We're all, we might speak a different language. We might, you know, uh, call God by a different name. We might look different, so on and so forth, but we are so much the same and that is that has been the lesson that traveling has showed me and taught me one you do not have it the worst two we have a lot in common and three you don't have to do this by yourself those are the things that I've been taught through traveling so I'm a huge advocate I love I love 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 travel those three things are what I'm trying to accomplish through this (laughs) podcast we are all pretty much the same someone probably has is going through the same thing as you and whatever you feel as being successful that might not be the same thing or the same steps that someone else took but it doesn't mean that they're not successful in their own right 
Right. And you've been able to do that through travel. And I didn't make this whole channel. So travel, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> yes. Travel, travel. If you have the means, travel. And if you yes. don't have the means, create the means like Miss Dixon mm -hmm. did here with Fourth Willow and all of her other <laughs> endeavors. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so what can you tell us about the vision behind Fourth Willow at Fourth Willow on Instagram? Yes. So uh, Fourth Willow and Fourth Willow uh, Bath and Body Company um, was my love child of all things holistic and my forethought of merging um, good quality natural products with uh, mental health. And like I said, the ING versus the ED of healed or healing. So uh, the ultimate goal is to have a fourth willow day spa. That's the ultimate goal. But in the meantime, I am building the, the foundation through, yeah, creating products that um, are sourced from plants because a lot of your healing is in plants. A lot of your good quality skincare and the things that we're looking for are can be found in plants. Um, and making sure that I have labels that are um, simple and readable and products that make you feel good. They smell good. They look good. Um, and they're in a sense live, like I said, because I'm, I'm sourcing a lot of my ingredients from plants. So that was the, the background behind Fourth Willow. But it is the love child of nature and wellness together in products. That's that. <laughs> and if you visit her website, fourthwillow.com, you will see that the images and the look, <laughs> the whole <laughs> aesthetic of the site is like, who took these professional pictures? <laughs> and I actually messaged her. And because she is such a great mentor and so transparent, like I said, she was like, oh, I took those myself. Yes, ma'am. Like, no, um, I don't know who took my hand. <laughs> she was like, girl, I did my logo on Canvas and mm -hmm. I took them pictures with my phone. And mm -hmm. um, yes, she will tell you down to the T every single thing that she did. And I think it's so important because how often do you actually get that where you ask somebody, what did you do? And they give you, well, you know, um, <laughs> it's like that didn't answer the question, but okay. Um. <laughs> no ma'am when I say there is power in sharing there is power in sharing because like you said earlier all of our idea of success is different right and that's a good thing because we don't want the same thing which means that everything that I want and everything that you want are equally attainable so what I don't do anybody any justice I don't do anything my like you know any justice for myself by withholding information like if I put you on and I'm on, and I put you on, that's wealth for me too. Cause your success is my success and vice versa. So yes, girl, sharing is caring. <laughs> I feel that same way towards, uh, I, as I mentioned in the, early in this podcast, I'm an instructor in the air force now, but with the troops and the airmen, if I teach you how to do it, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. less stuff for me to do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Why you. would I be a strong point of information? And I'm staying here late and you go home early because I'm sitting here trying to take all this upon myself. Exactly. <laughs> let me let me pass some of it out so that we can all succeed. <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
Exactly. And we all like we all have different talents. So me sharing, you know, something that I've done with you. And I want to say as well, like you have with the podcast, with your scheduling, with the way that you've laid out your interviews and everything, I have learned so much from you. So if that is the payment for me sharing, then girl, I'm paid in full. That's it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Starting this was my love child um, because I had to, like you said, learn what works for you. And I really thought that initially that was going to be YouTube. And then I was like, oh, I got to... It's it's still creating content, mm-hmm. but it's with something that I already love to do, which is talking too much. So I, <laughs> I was like, I need to just get somewhere I can talk. Like, yes, I can talk, honey. We can. I can edit the, you know, edit the clip, upload it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know the video, and then I gotta look. See you, you do. You could do them eyebrows; they be snatched. You know the face, <laughs> the face routine, the makeup, the hair be done, all that. I can't do hair. Like I know my strengths. Yeah. You know your strengths. Mm-hmm. I pay people to do my hair. You know how to do your own. See, we're different, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I found the platform <laughs> that works for me. You have multiple platforms that work for you. One mm-hmm. day I'll get there, but for now, you know because it's of- working. It's working. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about Fourth Willow. If you Mm -hmm. had to give a financial tidbit to our listeners, what would it be? Yeah, you don't even know that. You told me something um, indirectly Mm -hmm. the other day about, I realized that putting money into my, what is it called? Not IRA. Roth. Roth. Like Mm -hmm. I'm that's that's okay, but I could I made so much more money investing in other things. Yes. And you got me thinking like I'm still putting money in. (laughs) Yes. Next time I talk to her, I'm gonna need her to tell me what else I could be putting this money in that's gonna um get me traveling to Japan. Yes, and uh opening fourth willows and all this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So So, yes. Um okay, so with COVID uh January 2020 um between January and March the stock market took a a dip because you know we were dealing with something that was unprecedented and with that dip which could be looked at something as you know a negative because COVID um it opened up the doors to a lot of folks that otherwise like myself would not have been able to meet the threshold for some of those more desirable stocks it had always been something that I was interested in um, but the one thing that I've learned is to be diverse. Like there's there's power, there's there's wealth uh, and diversity at all levels. Um, so we, my husband and I, we had already had a rental property, um, and it it was doing what it was supposed to be doing. It was paying the mortgage. It was paying a little bit more. It was paying for the uh, the property manager, and that was pretty straightforward. Buy a house under the market, put some work into it get a property manager, put it on the market, and then make sure that whoever you have as a tenant um, either matches you or exceeds you as far as what your standard is for yourself, like your credit score, um, having their finances, stable jobs, so on and so forth. So we had already kind of jumped that hurdle and I was just like, okay, okay, a little extra hundred, $200, I like that. So, but what we were doing was similarly to the Roth, which is, um, 
what we were kind of taught in the Air Force is, or in any, you know, military branch or in any um, pension kind of job is uh, save your money and put it in a 401k. Save your money, put it in a 401k. So that way, when you're uh, finally able to retire at 65 or 67 or 70, when you know, however they push it, um, you can live for the last, uh, I don't know, 20, 15 to 20 years, you know, without having to worry about a job because the life expectancy on average is like what, 83 to 85, something like that. Right. That just sounds so pitiful in comparison to and in conjunction with, excuse me, um, grow up, go to school, get a job, white picket fence, get married, have kids, work your job for 40 years, get your little pension and your watch and die in a corner. All of that sounded so just <laughs> monotonous. Die in the corner. <laughs> you and the die in the corner. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, you know, it's it's scary because financial being financially literate does was not something I was taught in school. It was not something I was taught at home to the degree of which I exercise it now. It wasn't. It was. It was not something that I saw on a regular. It wasn't within my um, my friend group or my family group. So it was definitely some. It was a whole new territory. And I'm gonna say, like, you know, when you have your your friends of other colors, they're doing different things, and it's like, oh, they're making this money, and you know, they're golfing on the weekends, they're doing all this stuff, but that's not the life I live. So I was like, okay, all right, cool. So back to COVID, the. Um, the stock market took a, a bit of a plummet. My husband and I said, hey, we, we're making an extra $100, $200 with the rental property. We're just putting it in a savings account. The savings account, the bank is not paying us anything. Mind you, they are using the savings that we have in our account that they're not paying me but 1% interest every year. I make 50 cents. They're using this money to loan out to other people and they're making 16% you know, they're making all kinds of money. Um, and some of these credit cards have, you know, really, really high interest rates. So the bank is doubling, tripling, quadrupling the money that I put into my savings account. And then they give me 50 cent. What do I look like? So instead of putting it in the regular savings account, we did two things. We took the extra income that we were making from the uh, property uh, income or the property. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the the home that we had with the tenants, we were putting that money uh, monthly into the stock market and we would slowly buy uh, stocks. And then we started diversifying and started buying stocks that had dividends. So dividend means that they're going to give you a percentage of their profit. So if you do it at the right time, the company actually pays you back for the stock. So you start to get stocks for free, basically, because you've invested at the right time and they're giving you money back in good, uh, you know, will saying, hey, thank you for investing in our company. Here's some of your money back. Um, but you still have, you still own stocks. And then the last two things that we did, and this is something that anybody can do. Anybody can do this. The first one was I stopped using my debit card. And that is, that's scary because I had, I had one credit card I had never used it because I was taught you don't use your credit card. You only use your debit card because you have real money, which you do. But I stopped using my debit card because with my credit card, if I paid off my statement every month, I was getting a cash back uh, incentive. 
So if I have the money and I have the card, why not use the card paid off with the money I already have and get the incentive? So now I'm using my credit card, which is the money that I'm already going to have in my bank anyway. I'm going to pay my statement off anyway. But at the end of each month, because I did what I needed to do, I'm getting money back. So that means when I go to the grocery store, the milk that I bought was basically free because my 2%, 4% interest rate money back on my credit card, they're giving me that back. You know, it's free money. So I did that, one, anybody can do that. And then two, I opened up a MMA, so a money market account. Money market account or higher interest rate uh, savings accounts. Now, some of them do have thresholds as far as like when you open a certain account, you need to have $25,000 already saved up to put into that account because they're going to they're still a bank. They're still going to use your money to loan out to other people. But um, it's so much better than having a regular savings account where they give you one percent back on the money that you have in there. Even when I have fifty thousand dollars in there, I was still I was getting like three dollars of interest every year. They were paying me back three dollars. That doesn't make any sense. But in my money market account. Now I'm making, um, you know, six or 7% interest rate back and I'm still accomplishing what I need to, which is having a savings account, having an emergency fund, but I'm getting much more for my, for my dollar. Um, and yeah, I'm still building towards something much bigger than just a regular bank account. So all of that to say, (laughs) (laughs) I diversified my portfolio. So now I have a money market account, which is a big girl's savings fund. I have um, my interest rate for my credit card, so I'm building my credit. So shout out to the 800 and plus club for the for your credit score because that hits different. Like when I went to go get my car and they gave me the, the price, I said, oh, no, no, no. Have you seen my credit score? I'm going to need you to go back into that room and figure <laughs> out how you can get that price down because I am an exceptional customer. And guess what they did? They went back in that room and they got that price down period okay so yes. that's another bargaining chip <laughs> we still have the um the the property we still have wonderful amazing tenants and then our stocks have done so well and we just actually invested in crypto um as well so it's just it's been good girl <laughs> wow thank you for coming on the show today and dropping so many gems yeah. and <laughs> making my show name look good dimensions of success i have said i've talked about at least five dimensions today listeners at least five so she has been so great and essential to this episode so thank you mariah for joining us today thank you for having me if you all want more of mari d you can find her on on instagram at at mariah dixon also, the her podcast at, at the Naughty Pod. That's T H E N O T I P O D, and also at Fourth Willow with the four T H capital W I L L O W and fourthwillow.com, which will all be in the episode description. Yes. Thank you all for joining us today. Go be successful in all your dimensions. <laughs> Okay, Dimension Crew, it's time to wrap up tonight's episode. And this week, we're going to do a little something different. Instead of giving you my word of the week, I want to give you a power thought to start off your week with. Power thought of today is 
You are intentional. Everything that you attack this week, go into it knowing that it's already done. Tap into whatever spiritual being that you serve, whatever spiritual presence you need to recharge you. But when you make moves and decisions, make sure that you are intentional about how you approach things and what you want to come from it. Thanks for listening. Until next time, guys.